Welcome to the next episode of The Allied Show. I am joined by Jack O'Brien from Clinic Mastery. Hey, Jack. Hey, Chris. Good to have you, mate. Thank you for having me. I'm excited it's, to be here. Yeah, it's been a while. We've um, we've kind of connected a number of times over the years, and I think now's a, a really awesome time for us to to have a, another reconnect and chat about the healthcare industry at a time where, you know, there's, there's a bit going on. So if we... Um, if we dive in and look at specifically clinic mastery, like let's start there um, with, can you give us like a, a brief um, rundown on clinic mastery and and what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we help uh, we help progressive clinic owners to grow their clinic. Ultimately, um, you know, we know that clinic owners want to amplify their impact, and often, you know, we all just genuinely get into this game because we want to help people and help more people. And so, if we can provide the frameworks, structures, processes, coaching, education to help clinic owners amplify their impact, and ultimately call, build what we call a clinic for good that does that does good and that is good. Um, so it's a whole lot of fun. We've got a great community of really open-minded, progressive clinic owners. Um, yeah, we we help and work with. Yeah, that's awesome. And we were just chatting offline about um, recruitment and how that is that is something that I know I'm talking to a lot of um, people in the industry about, and I know you're you're experiencing the exact same thing. So let's um let's kind of shape a bit of a, a conversation around recruitment, um, specifically from the the business owner clinic owner perspective. Mm. Um, so I mean, what what kind of conversations are you having at the moment? Oh, it, it, you're right. It's shifted. The conversation's really shifted from I need more new clients. I need to fill my books. Um, a lot of clinic owners now are saying, in fact, we've got waiting lists. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got new clients coming out our ears. What we need is health professionals to be able to to service them. So, uh, yeah, definitely recruitment is a real challenge. And interestingly, it, it was for a long time the the psychologists, speech pathology type professions that continually battled recruitment issues and now that's expanded out to almost every allied health profession physio podiatry osteo and everything in between really do um, find it a challenge to recruit talent period but recruiting good talent uh is um is a whole nother level yeah i think that's that's also a good point is how do you how do you attract the right talent the the talent that you're really looking to to move through into the business as well. So, I mean, how, look, it, it, there's so many different ways um, that you can be always recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. So looking at, I mean, what what are you, what, what would you say in terms of for a clinic who is looking to become like an employer of choice or an employer who is standing out? Because through other conversations I've had, there's a lot of power that is sitting with, um, the recruit, the health professional at the moment, oh. you know. So, you know, what do we have to do to for a business to stand out to attract them into our company? Yeah, you're spot on. Like that that dynamic really feels like it's shifted. That, um, that, yeah, the ball is in the court of the applicant. And so we as employers really need to reframe it. You said something really interesting there, Chris, uh, that one of our team, Shane Davis, often says that we must be in the mindset of always hiring. We... We as clinic owners need to think about our role as recruitment, induction, and training. Like we're in the people business mm. and what our people do is deliver healthcare. But we as employers must be in the people game. If, if you don't have a team, 
you don't have a business, you've got a job. So it is definitely that mindset of always hiring and and the, the timeline for hiring is extended now. So you might not feel like as a clinic owner that you need employees, extra employees now, but probably in three or six or nine months, you're going to need someone and you're going to wish you'd started that recruitment process nine months ago. So it's definitely having that mindset of, of always hiring and, uh, and thinking about, yeah, attracting good talent, like good, good professionals, good therapists, right? So how do we do that? Because in a, in a sea of jobs, like if, if you're a, if you're an applicant, a therapist looking at a job board, whether that's seek or your profession specific ones or talking to a recruitment agency, you're looking at the same job over and over. Yeah. It's a physiotherapist or a speech pathologist or an occupational. You're looking at jobs. So as employee, as employers, we need to think, all right, what am I doing to stand out? Uh, and you mentioned like being an employer of choice. I think we need to really consider what that means. Is it some external certification? Like I know I'm working with a couple of clinic owners at the moment and inspired by uh, Tristan White at the PhysioCo. Mm. But can you be perhaps externally certified as a clinic that helps you stand out as an employer yep. of choice? Like yep. the, the great places to work is yep. uh, is, a, is an indicator or something along those lines. Maybe the Allied Health Awards or what can you do as a clinic mm. to really set yourself apart and then go about attracting great talent. You know, um, I often use the analogy and uh, perhaps any vegetarians listening in might not love this analogy, but but the comparison of fishing versus hunting or fishing versus spearfishing, right? Are we just casting our bait out into the water? And look, I'm not a fisherman, Chris. Uh, I don't think fishing is a sport. <laughs> fishing is just another term for waiting, right? Yeah. I'm not great at waiting, so fishing is not for me. Oh, likewise. Yeah. <laughs> but, but often clinic owners traditionally approach recruiting in that sense. Like, oh, I'm just going to cast the line out, put something up on an employment, you know, employee platform and wait mm. for good applicants. And I just don't think in 2022 that cuts it anymore. We've got to adopt the mindset, not of a fisher, but of a spear fisherman or a hunter that's going out and actively finding ideal health professionals mm. and attracting them to come and work for us. Um, you know, headhunting as the analogy goes, maybe that's not perhaps the right framework, but we really need to attract the right people, not just wait for the right people. Yeah. And figuring out what they're, what they're wanting and what they're looking for um, at work. I feel like that's changing uh, monthly, weekly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to keep up with. So, I mean, like, in your experience, what are, what are some of the things that clinics are doing at the moment that can really like stand them apart? Mm. I think it definitely depends on who you're trying to attract. Yeah. So if you're looking to attract a, a younger therapist, someone early in their career, a graduate, you know, there's certain things that are really going to speak to that avatar or that type of applicant Yeah. versus if you're looking at someone with a bit more experience or you want to offer or you require someone who's got some more leadership capability. The, the great thing at the moment, I think, Chris, is that there was a stat recently. Well, our, our treasurer, current treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, coined the term the great reshuffle. 
Mm. And uh, PwC Price Waterhouse Coopers did a study on service professionals, which we fit into as health professionals. That sixty eight percent of employees are currently open to changing their job in the next three months. And so, you know, I think clinic owners can consider that stat two ways that, uh, oh, geez, that's quite threatening. 68% of my team would consider leaving. Um, but but I think the other side of that coin and the big opportunity is, well, there's, there's a massive supply of health professionals, hundreds of thousands across Australia, and 68% of them are open to considering a new work environment. And that mm. could be coming to work with you and work for you. So what do we do? to pique the interest. I think that's a key one, that we need to pique the interest of perhaps currently satisfied health professionals to come and work with us. Mm. We don't just want to, we don't just want the ones that are looking for a job. Yeah. We want the ones that haven't considered changing their job yet, but would be open to it. Yeah. So, that was a long way to answer your question. <laughs> what are clinics doing or what's what's really practical at the moment? I think- uh, Speaking to those who are not yet looking, getting in front of health professionals who are not yet actively looking for a job and helping to educate them, speak to them, help them progress their career. Maybe it's um, speaking to their CPD. Maybe it's uh, doing some some development and some training for their career pathways and progressions. You know, one of the big opportunities that we see for clinics is the average career span of a health professional is about eight years. Now, of course, some stick for 20 and and some leave after two years, but is there an opportunity for us to help lengthen, elongate the career of a health professional? Can we speak to those five, six, seven-year guys and girls and create a career pathway for them over the coming, you know, five years? Um, if you're looking at some of the younger or graduate practitioners, how can we help to get them out of the mindset of a grad year or these yearly contractual cycles that often the public system breeds in them? <laughs> we need to get that out. So, um, you know, one of the one of the phrases that we've spoken about recently with our members is framing up your position not as a year but as a career. This is a three to five year job, not just yeah, yeah. a yearly contract. Um, and, and thinking about what are the what are the addition what are the the bonuses or the perks, the additions to a job that are meaningful for practitioners in 2022. I'm not convinced that a big CPD budget speaks loudest anymore. But certainly flexible working arrangements speaks really loudly to, to younger practitioners. Um, that personal mentoring, not just professional, but personal mentoring. Um, is there a way for us as clinic owners to think longer term? I know that there's a number of clinics that are doing really well at the moment, offering internships or traineeships for maybe students or early graduates, perhaps even often offering scholarships to students that ultimately ends up being repaid in employment down the line. Mm. Um, you know, we've got to think longer term. And I get the hardest part, and you would see this, Chris, is the hardest part about that is when I need to hire someone yesterday, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to consider a, a, a long-term recruitment process. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I I see it in clinics. I also see it in my in my business and and how we approach recruiting is completely different now. Um, you're right in saying that younger talent are looking for different things, and I think you know looking at what each um, generation is actually looking for and what's really important to them as an individual, but also as a, as a generation um, is a really good place to start for clinics who are, are looking to, to map out some form of, of recruitment plan, like how to, how to attract, how to, how to reach, how to start that conversation, I think can, can definitely be started by just figuring out who you're actually talking to Um, start by designing that person and work backwards. So um that's very, you know, you and I, we, we do that in a number of different scenarios, but I think now we can roll that out into recruitment as well. So totally. it's, um, yeah, it's just trying to reframe the way that we think about recruitment. It is. And, you know, knowing who you're speaking to is huge. And I think this is where, um, you know, clinics need to consider their website and their social media. Historically, we've thought about those assets as being client-facing mm. and they are. But more than ever now, they are future team member facing. <laughs> and so, how are you showing up on your website? Because there's there's 68% of health professionals out there that are potentially going to be looking at your our team page mm. or the join our team page or they're going through your, your social media feed. The rectangles and the squares in your feed are a shop front for future therapists. And they want to see behind the scenes. They want to see what what is like, how is your culture showing up online as a teaser or a taster for mm. future team members? I think it's something that we need to consider a whole lot more. Yeah, and and culture not just being a paragraph in a handbook. Um, you know, being something that you can actually feel. It's kind of like a, a tangible thing that when you walk into the clinic and you or whether you're mobile and you're working by yourself, but you've still got that that connectedness and and how that actually shows up as a team um, is super important. I know culture and um, fit is is such a huge part of decision-making. So, you know, that 68%, I'd be really keen to understand how many of those are, are looking and like what they're looking for. They may be looking for a new job, but I just wonder like what, what part of the decision-making process would be. It's an interesting shift, right? Because they're they're open to looking for a new job. So their base needs are already being met. They're, yeah. And this is where it's, it's actually a really good opportunity for clinic owners that the dollars is not such an important conversation. Sure, I realize there's economic factors, inflation, cost of living, you know, so money is always a part of the conversation with recruitment. But more than that, People are considering beyond just the dollars and cents. What is the team environment? What is the culture like? What are the flexible arrangements? What are the perks? Um, and so, yeah, we as clinic owners need to keep that in mind. And I think, you know, just as we're talking, I think this is really this is a really hard conversation for clinic owners. Mm. Like the dynamic has shifted. There used to be more jobs than there were, uh, more employees than there were jobs. And so it was quite... Uh, I'm not going to say easy, but it was relatively simple to hire. Now it's complex and it's really easy for clinic owners to tune out or, or just go, mm. this is too hard. I'm happy with 
me and my little white, you know, four white walls. But what I would say is we've got to keep coming back to our bigger picture, our we call it our desire statement, but your why as a clinic owner, do you have a passion to serve your community, to build a clinic that's helping X number of people or doing X revenue? And if if those are some of your goals, those impact goals, you're only going to achieve those goals by having a healthy team. And so even though recruitment's difficult, complex, and you might feel like tapping out at times, recruitment and doing it well, creating a you know a desirable place to work, a healthy culture is part of your impact on your profession. It's an impact on your community. It'll help you and your family achieve your personal outcome goals. Recruitment is like it's the linchpin often yeah. behind all that those impact goals. Yeah. And I think I was recently, I had the opportunity to talk to some Telstra Business Award finalists um, in the healthcare section. Um which I believe Clinic Mastery is is kind of we did yeah we won the there. award in yeah Australia, yep. yeah um so I, I got to talk to a clinic in Canberra and what kind of came out of that was when they started and I understand that not everybody has this opportunity because a lot of clinics start you know as the professional wearing every possible business hat they yep. they could find um and they start the way that they started was with a practice manager from the beginning mm-hmm. and and her role was recruitment culture building the business and had nothing to do with the professional delivery of healthcare mm-hmm. um that put them in a position of power in my opinion to be able to have somebody that can focus on that solely from the very beginning um and then you know always again always kind of be hiring and always have that that attitude of when we're ready we've already got somebody lined up um well, yeah. what an opportunity yeah and that's often one of the bigger challenges that we would put to clinic owners like can you create an ecosystem which is a system that has a wait list of applicants yeah a short list so when you need to hire you can go back and call so you know, we've started talking about the five stages of recruitment as part of a recruitment funnel and how are you creating awareness in those early stages? How are you creating like opt-ins for practitioners to not necessarily apply for a job, but to be a part of your world? Yeah. You know, what what if we as clinic owners could have an ecosystem, a wait list of applicants that you can call on if and when you've, your clinic needs it? Yeah, that you know, that would be the the ideal scenario um, of having, you know, a, a nice little group there of people who are you know really keen to to join and you know their base needs, like you said before, are being met at the moment. So you know, there's no there's no rush, there's no pressure, um, and it's just about timing as to when they when they come over. So it, it shuts off the crocodile brain. Yeah. Yeah. That that little brain at the back, the voice that says, Oh, I need to hire now. And that's when we make poor decisions. We we make less than ideal recruitment decisions. We we hire someone who's got, you know, two feet and a degree. Mm. <laughs> um, when ultimately we we wanna ha- if we've got an a wait list or, or a list of potential applicants, we can be strategic about the timing. We can be considered when it comes to the onboarding. We can be deliberate about the new client attraction or our, our caseload management. 
But when you need to hire yesterday and you as a clinic owner are working 60 hours a week already and then you've got to hire, yeah. that crocodile brain makes poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Um, you do. You're just like under under pressure and you're like, I I need that filled. Um, this person looks like, hey, they're, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. So there's nothing like glaringly, obviously bad. Um, that'll be great. Yeah, right. We 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 compromise. And we accept second best. When ultimately a hire is a direct reflection of your clinic, of your values, of your brand, and and they're a reflection of you. They represent you as a clinic owner. So yeah, ideally we want to be creating a framework and an ecosystem where we can be super deliberate, measured, and strategic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that kind of rounds out like a really great approach for for clinics who are looking to navigate recruitment at the moment it's um you know there's a a lot that we've just spoken about that can really add some value to a plan and just developing some form of plan and thinking about that future you know what's going to happen how can you be ready identifying um the clinicians that you'd like to attract start there work backwards um and just really focus on on building that environment and actually showing up and showing people and showing potential yeah. um, practitioners what it would be like to work in your company. You know, that's that's also part of it. Definitely. And, and ultimately, I think as clinic owners, th- this recruitment conversation means we can have a great impact on our profession. I think we all get really frustrated that we see burnout, people leave or people come out of a uni system inadequately prepared for the the rigors of private practice and uh, this is our time to shine. You know, I think this is is where those purpose-driven clinic owners that really want to make a difference, that are willing to do what it takes can really, you know, push our professions forward in such a healthy, positive way. Um, I think, yeah, that's challenging, but also the fields are ripe. Let's go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's been so many bits and pieces in there that, um, you know, if we can start to untangle the web of, of recruitment at the moment in, in healthcare and, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, if, if there's one last thing you could say to clinics um, or anybody really looking to to recruit at the moment, like what 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 is something that you'd say? You prioritise what really matters. Mm-hmm. And so I would say make recruitment part of your weekly rhythm, whether you need to hire yesterday, today or into the future, recruitment must be part of your weekly rhythm, whatever that looks like for you. And that will set you up for long-term success. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, mate. Look, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate it. Um, And yeah, look, all the best with um, the business awards coming up for for Clinic Mastery. That's um, pretty exciting. So um, we might touch base after that. Hey. Sounds good. Appreciate having me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.